Suspiria, 1977, directed by Dario Argento. To talk about Suspiria, I gotta talk about another movie. Godzilla Resurgence made me think a lot about what it means to be a fan. Sitting in the theater with a rather subdued audience, I began to wonder if this is how most people reacted to Godzilla films, even back in the day. The drawn-out discussions about cabinet seats and the out-of-nowhere character conflicts, the scant footage of Godzilla rampaging through the streets of Tokyo, it was kind of disappointing. I got the same vibe from Suspiria every time I watched it. Fans are going to be much more patient with it than everybody else. Let's go back about a decade. I got into horror films and a whole world opened up to me. I had an entire list of films to see, but the most intriguing one on the list was Suspiria. It looked bizarre, it looked colorful, it looked frantic, and it looked creepy. I had pretty high expectations, especially after so many people talked about what a classic it was. Most of the people were horror fans, so suffice to say, when I finally saw Suspiria in the form of a used DVD from the local GameStop, it failed to make an impact. The colors were cool, but I was lukewarm. Later viewings didn't change my mind, and last year I called Suspiria one of the most overrated horror films of all time. My co-host was not pleased. However, the cinema immersion tank is made for second chances. I hope that, like Persona, I could understand why people love Suspiria so much. From very early on, however, perhaps the second viewing, I realized that there wasn't really much to find. Suspiria isn't like Persona, I don't think anybody confused those two. There's no grand mystery or meaning to it. It's an elaborate series of murders strung together by a plot no thicker than a thread. The characters are so insubstantial that they don't even seem like stock characters. Half of them disappear from the movie before we even get to the midway point, and the rest are either murderers or victims, I won't tell which. There wasn't much else to say about it, but I just couldn't put it down. I couldn't just throw it away and say, this is it. Suspiria is lackluster, but the more I thought about Suspiria and its place in horror film culture, the more I understood why it meant so much to so many people. I suspect some of Suspiria's popularity has to do with its reputation. People s spread the word of this legendary horror film and boom, it's a legendary horror film. I'm inclined to be generous instead and start with the film's merits. Suspiria is gorgeous. The sets have flamboyant architecture. There's also a heavy emphasis on primary colors, hard blues, reds, and greens. Not just in the set design, but also in the lighting. This is important for Suspiria because whether you notice or not, primary colors aren't a big part of the world around us. I mean reality. We have shades of blue, we have mixtures of red and green, we have blacks, browns, and grays, but rarely do we come across a piece of clothing or a car that's a primary color. Think about the last time you walked into a room that was blue. Not light blue, not blue-green, I mean just blue. If the world was like that, we'd be living in a Dick Tracy comic. It's not just eye-catching, it gives the world of Suspiria an unreal look and provides the basis for the unrealistic, insane things that happen to it. I mean this as a compliment. They're creating a foundation for a world where very strange things happen, and that's a great thing. The first murder scene in Suspiria is the reason to see the film. A woman falls through a skylight using color and elaborate staging to create one of the most memorable deaths in horror history. The most effective moment isn't the death itself, but the shot afterward. A woman hanging from an electrical cord 
feet inches from the ground, blood dripping down her legs and forming a neon red pool on the black and white floor. Meanwhile, her friend lies next to her, cut to ribbons by colored glass. And the score presents it in such an awful way. Literally full of awe. The film slows down after that, but the finale of Suspiria is creepy and pulse-pounding. Susie, the main character, played by Jessica Harper, flees the exploding school. Her whole trip has been nothing but a pain in the ass, and as she runs through the rain, she has a look of relief that feels really real. It's a great ending that always left me satisfied despite the shoestring plot. The music by Goblin is creepy and haunting, so you won't mind hearing it several times. For me, however, none of this makes Suspiria a great film, or even a good film. The reason why Suspiria doesn't simply fade into the background with a lot of other mediocre horror films, however, seems to lie in its timing and style more than its merit. Let me set the stage a bit for this. Let me explain. Suspiria came out in 1977, which is important because it predates two important film trends. The first is the rise of the slasher film. Of course, the slasher film had its antecedents, like Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it was only after the success of Halloween in 1978, one year after Suspiria, that the crazed murderer killing young girls became a major trend. Suspiria is a slasher film, roughly speaking. And since it came before Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, it wasn't seen as a retread like many slasher films are viewed today. Modern audiences aren't likely to be impressed by Suspiria's familiar story and shabby writing, and despite its popularity, few people are likely to see Suspiria first. The other film trends Suspiria predates is home video. The VCR only became available in the U.S. the same year that Suspiria came out, 1977, and companies wouldn't jump on the home video bandwagon until years afterwards. Even then, you weren't likely to find a copy of Suspiria on VHS. Even if you did, it wasn't likely to be in English. To see Suspiria, you could only go to one place, the theater. And what group of people actively seeks out theater screenings of old horror films? Horror fans, of course. People who love the genre because of and in spite of its flaws. Which brings me back to what it means to be a fan. I know what it's like because I'm an unabashed fan of giant monster movies. I defend films like Cloverfield and Pacific Rim, even though I know they're not great films. The Godzilla films I know are not very good at all, but I like them and I can't explain why. Horror film fans are probably the same way. They're the ones who talk about how great Suspiria is. Horror film fans built up the cult of Suspiria, and when an outsider like me came into that film ten years ago, I didn't see what the big deal was. Any novelty for me was blown away by the much better written, scarier films. True, there's no film like Suspiria, but it's more of a novelty than an innovation. It doesn't horrify because the writing is so slight, the characters are thin and unrelatable, and the plot is full of holes. And it doesn't shock because anything shocking is destined to age poorly, especially after 39 years. There's little depth to Suspiria, and five viewings didn't change my mind. It won't change anyone else's mind, either. But it could at least make people think. Being a fan is absolutely fine, though there's virtue in being critical of what we love. And even though I'm not a fan, I'm glad I took this journey into Suspiria. I took a chance. Something all people need to do with cinema, including me. Suspiria. 
extra thoughts. Yeah. Um, so uh, I decided uh, I was just listening a little bit to uh, what Andrew was just talking about in his uh, Suspiria podcast, and I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to bring up with him. Yeah, so now we're on mic again. Yeah, it's fair to bring this up. I did bring up in my um, in my cinema immersion tank that I thought that the plot and the characters of Suspiria were were lacking, and uh, Jack thought it would only be fair if I if I specified what I was talking about, which is pretty fair. Uh, so, yeah. So, so where are some like you know again you you bring up that you have a lot of issues with the movie, which is fine, but I, I just wanted to maybe see if I could clarify for myself when you talk about the plot holes of the film uh is it to do with the 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 coven of witches yes uh it also has let's start with with the plot okay uh i find the plot to be very thin it feels to me like like perhaps dario argento was writing this film they wrote the end they wrote the beginning they wrote some of the death scenes, which are the strongest scenes in the film, and yes. then they connected them with a plot. Okay. And the things that really make this odd are that it's very difficult. This is kind of a spoiler, but... You've if you've gotten this, this far, hopefully you've seen the movie. But Susie finds out that her ballet school is run by a coven of witches. Yes. So what is the overall goal of this coven of witches. Are they preparing this, like all these girls to be part of their coven? Are they? <laughs> there's, there's no indication. That Maybe they're, I, I felt like either they were do, planning to do that or they were going to kill them. Yeah. But no one ever gets killed because for the only people who get killed are one person, the blind man who pisses off the headmistress because his dog bites her nephew. Which, who I'll get to in a minute. Uh, but they kill the first girl because she's been getting nosy. They kill the second girl who dies because she has also been nosy. But are they... Wait, but I'm trying to remember. Are they planning on killing all the girls? Or do they just want them, like, under their spell or something? But they don't seem to be casting a spell on anybody. They The, the motivations for the murders in Suspiria are quite clear. The first murder, the most spectacular one, which is great is because this girl has been investigating the coven. They figure out that she has figured out that they are witches and they kick her out of the school and they murder her to silence her. Okay. They kill the piano teacher because he pissed them off. Yeah. They kill the second girl, Susie's roommate, because she's also been getting nosy and she knows that the staff is full of witches mm. and they want to kill Susie presumably to cover up the rest. Because what else, they have no other motivation in the film aside from that. They know that she and her roommate had been investigating them and that she's been poking around. So they said, she's got she's to die. Now, that really, that, that really heightens the drama at the climax when Susie finds that out. But it's for a very short time. And other than that, these witches haven't been doing very much else that's been sinister. In fact, most of them just seem interested in running this dance academy. <laughs> and also, Udo Kier is in this. Yes. Udo Kier is in this. He, he pops up in the third act to deliver exposition, which if you're delivering exposition by the third act, is yeah. pretty shoddy. Yeah, I would actually say that maybe not everything is makes logical sense in this movie. No. I feel like, to me, what probably brings a lot of horror fans to this movie is because maybe there's an emotional 
pull to it because of all the colors and that everything is done very sincerely that brings people in like it's definitely not an insincere movie i don't know if that makes sense but like because everything is so savage and bizarre that it it, it really does it, that that i think brings in people because they want to it almost is like an enthusiasm for the art of cinema itself I don't know, that's maybe not a great excuse. Well, I don't identify with that. Mm. And I didn't see it in my five viewings. There are a few other things. The witches do one other evil thing. They make Susie feel sick so yes. that she'll move into the school. Wasn't there, there isn't there also a scene where Su, like Susie's the main character? Yeah. Played by yeah, Jessica, Harper. Jessica Harper. Isn't she like isn't there a scene where she's like dancing around for a very long time and she like faints? She collapses. That's that's the scene I'm talking about. They make yeah. her sick, like and there's a scene before that where they like, cast the spell. That really on her. stuck out to me. It's it's decent and it's creepy. The thing that's weird about this is that we don't know why they do it. Hmm. Like it Susie arrives at the school and they say, Oh, we have a problem. You'll have to stay in an apartment away from the school. And it'll cost you a little money, but we'll deduct it from your fee and whatnot. And then in a few scenes later, they say, oh, you can move into the school. And she says, I don't want to. And she's there like, okay, cast a spell. They get her to get into the, into the place. And I kept thinking every time I saw that, why? <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? Hmm. Why is it important that she stays in the school? And why did she have to stay in another place in the first place? Because it's never explained. They just needed something like, let's have a scene where they cast a spell on her. Why? So they wanted to move in. Why did they want to do that? I don't know. Yeah. it. The plot is certainly... It's not It's not exactly as silly as some of Argento's other movies. Like no. That's something else we should mention, which I you might have left out of your review, which is this is part of the... Also, the trend of giallo movies, which translates as ye the color yellow, which was meant to be like almost like pulpy paperback thrillers. Yeah, it's like the Italian equivalent of pulp. Yeah, pulp fiction. Only, only in giallo, it was very much like involving kind of horror or stalker movies or yeah. movies where you don't really see the killer, but characters are getting you know followed. I mean, if there wasn't Hitchcock, there would not be Dario Argento. Okay. That's pretty clear. Um, I see that. I mean, I I think that maybe, though, like, would you say, though, that after watching it so many times, though, there is a solid through line for the characters, if not for the plot? Not really. I mean, Susie is... <sighs> I feel the, like there the are a couple she's parts there, like, she's, she's, she's there to dance... And she gets pulled into this web of intrigue with witches. But other than that, she doesn't have many defining characteristics. If you were to ask me, tell me something about Susie the character, I would be at a loss. I don't know how to describe her. Mm. She's pretty and she's played by Jessica Harper. Mm. And she has huge, gigantic, gorgeous eyes. That's the best I can do. So maybe part of the problem then for you, I, I guess, is maybe a little bit of the... They have all this buildup about there's this mystery. There's this... A lot of characters are hiding things from me. And then when they reveal it, not quite to this level, but maybe a little bit of that M. Night Shyamalan thing where it's like, well, that wasn't much of a twist. Well, I don't even think it's so much of like the impact of a twist. I mean, you can have a mystery and you know, the, the solution to that mystery doesn't necessarily need to be this shocking twist. Mm. But in the end, if you're going to have this sort of investigation, the things leading up to it have to make sense. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we don't get, and they have to be somewhat compelling. I don't understand why the witches do what they do, or even what they do aside from murdering people who know about them. Uh, there's, and to get, and we can go from there to the characters, because as I say, basically, many of the characters simply disappear from the narrative. There's a girl, there's a woman that Susie moves in with who basically is in two scenes and then she's never heard about again even though she's a student at the same school and there's so they never explain it well no it's not even <laughs> that it's not even it's like oh olga disappears it's like no she doesn't just doesn't appear in any more scenes mm. and then there's a nephew character who's just kind of around he kind of serves as the purpose for like the, the seeing eye dog attack mm. because that dog bites him but he doesn't do anything in the film he's just there to get bitten by the dog I mean, we see him later on at the end, but he doesn't do anything. He's not very creepy. He doesn't say anything. He's just kind of there. And so, in other words, so a lot of the plot, because the plot was so was weak, it even though there was all this visual flair, it didn't really combine for you. Well, there's nothing to combine. (laughs) <laughs> it's it looks i love the i love the colors of this i love a lot of the staging of some of the big the stronger scenes mm. and it does get creepy at times but there's very little to give that those scenes maybe, yeah. to give those scenes significance or structure it's maybe more like maybe argento just had all these set pieces yes. that he wanted to do and kind of constructed this narrative so that he could just do them. That's what it feels like to me. And I feel like this is the, these were notes I took later on in the film. I yeah. thought most of these characters disappear. Why couldn't you just murder them? Huh. <laughs> Why couldn't you just thrown in more murders? They disappear. They don't do anything. Yeah. I, there's even like this setup for a, a, a love interest in this film. And yeah. he disappears at the beginning of the fir- of the third act. Hmm. So a lot of characters come to nothing and they're basically there kind of just to reflect, like to bounce the main character off of them Mm -hmm. and to make other things happen, but they don't combine into anything meaningful. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that you definitely made a lot of points that I think I should consider when I, when I watch this movie again, I, I, again, I, I probably may, I probably do respond more to just the visual aspect of it and i let the plot go but because you're making you're making a lot of good points so maybe next time i will pay attention a bit closer okay that's what the cinema immersion tank's all about jack communication i know so we can jump out of the tank and become apes that go riding through the night in our manic states of alteredness i couldn't have said it better myself exactly